is Kevin Cerrito. Ow! Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. I am filling in for Kevin Cerrito. I am CJ Hurt filling in. Joined alongside, as always, by my man Drew. Uh, hang up and listen. It's going to get started here in a second. Phone number is 360-8255. That's 360-8255. Uh, you call in. We talk about whatever you want to discuss, man. We t- we're turning the program over to you, the listeners, and the callers, man. And if you win, you get a Smoothie King party pack for 20 just in time for the weather to warm up outside. Take, you know, I don't know, take your kids and all their friends over there, grab y'all some smoothies and go hit up a park or something like that, man. That would be fun and exciting. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about on Hang Up and Listen. Whatever you want to. Drew, are we ready for the music? Uh, yes. Let's get it. So, I was sitting, it was Wednesday night, the historic night, the Kobe Bryant, uh, Golden State, both on at the same time night. So my girlfriend and I, after I finished trivia at Tampa Tap downtown, we walked over to the, fl- uh, to Flying Saucer and just sat there and watched some of the games so we could watch both of the games on the TV and it was great. It was a great experience. I loved it. I'm hopping on Twitter though and I'm, you know, you stay connected to people on the Twitter and you're scrolling through and you're doing what you do and I look up and I see that the San Antonio Zoo has challenged the Memphis Zoo. Saying, hey, losing Zoo City flies the opposing team's flag at the entrance. And he's like, yo, wait, wait, wait. Why are you trying to kick a team when they're down? Wait till the Grizzlies get up to full strength before we make that type of arrangement, that type of bet. Memphis Zoo tweeted out, that's some big talk. Uh, what do you think at Memphis Grizzlies? Should we take them up on it? Grit and grind. Hashtag grit and grind. Hashtag grizz. If anybody from the Memphis Zoo is listening right now, no, don't take them up on that. Wait till everybody gets back to being full strength and then maybe take them up on that. But, you know, the San Antonio Zoo knew what they were doing. They're just out there trying to kick a city when we are down. What's quick, up? Quick more recap because I was on the phone. Okay. What's the zoo thing? Okay. So here's Drew. Here's what's happening, right? Uh, the San Antonio Zoo sent out a tweet at Memphis Zoo. Losing Zoo flies, uh, losing Zoo City flies opposing team's flag at the entrance. That that's what it is. So like, if you're the Memphis Zoo, why would you make that bet? You why don't you take that, that bet. You don't do you're that. gonna lose. You don't. You could. <laughs> no, we don't want to go there. But you could say, hey, losing team Zoo, uh, losing team City Zoo has to uh take the tiger. We can send the tiger down there for you guys if you yeah, want him. Yeah, we'll give you our tiger <laughs> for a visit. You try made made with that one. We are playing hang up and listen. We have our first caller. Tony's in Bartlett. What's going on, Tony? Yeah, I just wanted to say thank God we finally got a basketball <laughs> from our University of Memphis after seven years of misery, excuse making, and can't they got to blame everybody else but yourself? Thank God, Josh Passon is somebody else's problem. And we got a real coach in Tubby Smith. All those people out there that say he's too old. But look at Jim Beheim, 71. Mike Krzyzewski, 69. We got Roy Williams at 65. But I take Tubby at 64. Then a, then a 38-year-old Josh Passer, however old he is with his thumb still sucking in his mouth. Sorry, Chef. But he's gone. I'm happy. 
elated just like everybody else in Memphis, Tennessee. Go Tigers, go, and it's time for Tubby time. It's uh, Tubby time. Thank you, Tony. That is how you do it. Drew almost ruined it. With I did. His I'm sorry. He, he said tubby time, and I'm like, ugh. Got to wait for him to finish. With sorry. Hang up and listen, man. Bring Tony has been MIA for a while. He has. He been. has been real sad. He, he hasn't just been MIA on this program. He's been MIA on a lot of weekly programs, too. Because he is just sad. He is. He, well, he was sad. He's happy now. He's happy. Amazing what a new coach will do for you. Back on, so I guess his his point was, it's a lot of old coaches coaching at the D1 level. And they're there because they've proven themselves. Like, you don't get to be an old coach at the D1 men's basketball level by not proving yourself yearly. And that's why you look up and you see a Final Four that has Beheim and, and Coach Williams in it. You see Coach K constantly getting to the NCAA tournament and going to Sweet 16 and beyond. You see Coach Bertino doing the same thing. And I think Tubby Smith is in that same type of ilk. Like old school, gritty, gritty. We know how Memphians love love the term grit. But that that's what you're going to see when you get Tubby Smith. It's, it's nice to have some experience on the bench. It will be nice, but I like the fact that you brought up the grit thing with Tubby Smith. Uh, you know, he's always been known for playing tubby ball, slow down uh, type of basketball, which we, we like for the Grizzlies. But traditionally for the University of Memphis, it's always it's a run-and-gun program. It, it's, it's move up and down the court as fast as possible. Do you think fans will be able to adjust to tubby ball and to slowing it down like the Grizzlies do? If Tubby Ball wins, they don't care. That's true. That that's that is all that matters. If Coach Smith goes out there and wins and gets teams to NCAA tournament past the the first weekend consistently, Memphis will embrace it. If but there's only so much patience Memphians have for a coach who can only get you to the tournament and no further. So if he's going to if he goes to three straight tournaments that fourth year. People are going to be a little upset about Tubby Ball. If he goes to three Sweet 16s, people are going to embrace Tubby Ball. That's all that matters. That really is. we got to go on. One, to- one more quick question before we move on. I, I don't know what Ronnie has to talk about, but do I have to call him Coach Smith? Can yes. I call him Coach Tubby? Call him Coach Smith. I want to say Tubby, though. Call him Coach Smith. Cooler nickname, though. Tubby or Buzz? Tubby. Tubby. Got to love Tubby, man. We're going to go to Ronnie in East Memphis. What's up, Ronnie? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, I like to hire Milk. I uh, always wanted Milk to uh, come to Memphis, you know, uh, be our coach. Uh, after he left Kentucky, I'm going, man, it'd be nice to get Tubby come to Memphis. So my dream come true. Uh, I followed Milk since he was at uh, Georgia. Uh, but I, I'm just hoping that um, you know we can get some good big men. Uh, he would go out and, and recruit some big men uh, this year uh, to surround him, uh, surround Lawson with another one or two other big guys. And I just want to get your intake of what kind of recruit class uh, uh, you think we'll have, uh, who's coming. I watched the high school basketball game last night, and uh, uh, I will hope some of them unsigned, unsigned guys would that is how you do it thanks ronnie for calling and when you hear somebody hang up that means a line is open folks a line is open for you guys to call in 360-8255 to play hang up and listen uh interesting interesting comments about recruiting what type of recruits 
Coach Smith is going to bring in. I was watching that same Jordan All-Star game last night at Friday's. Uh, knock that, knock back some appetizers, some drinks out there and watch that. Uh, and honestly, to be honest, I don't know what type of, I don't know. I just don't. I, I think that whoever he gets, though, the players can be developed. And that's my whole thing with coaches. We saw passing abroad in a lot of top-notch talent, a ton of it, and just was not able to develop it. Do you need to have talent to win? Yes, you do. You cannot win with a team with no talent. But if you're not going to develop that talent, I don't care who you bring in. I don't. Because it's not going to amount to anything because they're they're not going to live up to their potential. They're not going to reach their potential. Coach Smith has shown, you know, listen, I can get players that aren't necessarily as talented, but I can get them and take them to NCAA tournaments and I can get the most out of them. Just look at what he was able to do at Minnesota. Look at what he was able to do at Texas Tech. And those programs are not near the caliber of, of programs as Memphis and he was able to do great things with those programs by their standards. Now he's coming to a program like Memphis. He's going to be able to get talented kids, whether it be in the city of Memphis or, you know, outside of the region. He's going to be able to get talented kids to come to Memphis and listen, he's going to develop them. He just is. So for me, recruiting is is important because you can't develop something that's not there, but development is key, and I think Coach Smith is going to be able to do a great job developing players. I think he's going to obviously do a great job developing players, but before we start actually talking about what kind of recruits he's going to bring in and who he's going to bring in, we've got to figure out who's going to be on his staff and who's actually going to be out there in these living rooms. Yeah, that that is something else to try and figure out. Don't Doesn't look like it's going to be Penny. Um, unfortunately, although I think it would be great for Penny to come on and be an assistant and learn from one of the great coaches in Tubby Smith. Um, and then when it's when it's all said and done, Penny steps in that coaching weight and keeps the program moving forward. I really would like that, but again, you know, you if you're a millionaire, if you're a multi-millionaire, you're not trying to do the day in day out grind that is assistant coach at the men's D1 basketball level. Yeah, that's a lot of. I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, and does Penny really want to do that much work? That's that's the question. I mean, he's got a pretty good cushiony job at East High School, where obviously money doesn't matter. I don't even know if he's really getting paid very much over there, and it's not that much work. He he doesn't have to go out and recruit. He doesn't have to go fly around the country. He gets to just stay in Memphis, you know, do his thing, and that's it. Yeah, and I mean that's. That's cool, but you, you can't do that and be an assistant coach. No. It's so such a, a demanding job, such a demanding job. And, you know, as far as people go, who's going to be on his staff, it, it is Tubby Smith. And Myron Metcalf of ESPN had a great article up right after the Tubby Smith hiring, why Tubby Smith is the perfect fit at Memphis. And it talks about, you know, people being aware of the fact that Coach Smith was the first African-American coach at Kentucky. Like And Kevin brought up the point, is he the most accomplished African-American coach in college basketball right now? And it's we're thinking so. We'll do a little bit more research on that and check into that. But I think he is the most accomplished African-American head basketball coach. Right now. Right maybe now. Not, not all history, Not all though. time, but right now, coaching right now. Him, Kevin Ollie's up there as well, and a couple of others. But, you know, people know about that. And guess what? You're going into a lot of black families' living rooms, a lot of black families' living rooms in the city of Memphis who are aware of the, you know, 
the impact that Coach Smith had at Kentucky. And they want their child to play for strong men. And some of them will want them to play for strong black men. That's just how it is. And I think that gives him an advantage over most coaches. Going in there, sitting down with the recruits, talking to them and saying, listen, I've been there. I've done that. I can do this. I can coach you. I can get you where you want to get to as far as the next level. And while you're here, you're going to win a bunch of games. You're going to win Sweet 16s. Does does the race of the coach really matter that much, though? For some people, it does. For some people, it does. That's how Coach Holland's son ended up there. Mm-hmm. Ended up up in Minnesota. Yeah, from Memphis to Minnesota. That guy from Memphis to go all the way up there. Top 100 player. Mm-hmm. He was able to, Coach Smith was able to recruit to Minnesota. Like, come on now. That is impressive. No I don't care what color are, you are. You ain't going to recruit me to go to Minnesota. Minnesota is cold. I ain't going there. It is. It is I hate cold weather. Real cold right now, man. <laughs> Anybody can, can uh, recruit me to Florida, but ain't nobody ever going to recruit me to Minnesota. Not to Minnesota. Not to Lubbock, Texas. There is nothing, nothing in Lubbock. Nothing at all is in Lubbock, Texas. And he was still able to find a way to get recruits to come in and play uh, for them and get to the NCAA tournament, man. So you're talking about a coach who was able to recruit players to Minnesota, which is, you know, ridiculously cold and people don't really view it as a basketball power. And a coach who was able to recruit at recruit players to Lubbock, Texas, where there is nothing there. You're bringing him to Memphis. Decent weather. Pretty good weather. The worst Memphis gets is ridiculously hot in the summertime. Uh, but people like warm weather. So it's a warm weather place. It is a basketball power. He's going to be able to do just fine in recruiting. We're going to our next call. Junior in Whitehaven. Junior, what's up? Uh, how about y'all doing? What's on? Uh, I know you mentioned about Hollins as a top 100 player, but uh, Patrick did not want him. He was going to be Joe Jackson him. Both of them was not going to be on the same team. So you know which one he was going to take. So don't make that seem like that's a top 100 player. Uh, Memphis one. No, it was Joe Jackson him. But the question I want to ask is, how many games we had passed the one with Texas Tech, Tech schedule last year compared to what Coach Smith would have won with Memphis scheduled this year, and I hang up and listen. Thank you, Junior. We appreciate the call, man. Nobody said Memphis wanted Hollins. That that's that's not what we were trying to make it seem like. He is a top hundred player, though, and he is. somebody probably wanted him who was some good, and he ended up at Minnesota. Like Minnesota's not a program that gets top hundred players. You get what I'm saying? That that was my point. The Minnesota program that's not known for getting top 100 players got a top 100 player in Memphis, in Tennessee. Not a top 100 player in Minnesota's backyard. Not a top 100 player from Detroit somewhere in, you know, Minnesota's conference's territory. No, down in the southeastern region, in somebody else's territory, Coach Smith was able to get players like that to come through there. I understand that, you know, Passing didn't want them. And that's neither here nor there. That's not the point I was trying to make. The point is he was able to get quality players uh, there. Now, as far as comparing the win losses goals with the schedule, um, here's the thing. It, wait, wait, wait. Is it with Pastor coaching Texas Tech players? Pastor coaches Texas Tech. Smith coaches Memphis. Memphis. Here's the, here's my thought on that. Pastor was what five and twenty four all time against top twenty five. Yeah. I mean, hey, the Big 12, one of those conferences that is full of top 25 teams, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to win a ton of games. I don't think it would be anywhere near the record that Coach Smith had there. I think Coach, but if Coach Smith was coaching Memphis basketball last year, 
I think you would have gotten that win against Texas San Antonio. I think you would have uh, beaten Ole Miss. You know, I think you would have gotten those uh, few games where you sh- those games that you should have absolutely have won. That, because again, the, di- what the difference is Memphis has gone to the complete different end of the spectrum here. Mm-hmm. You had a young coach, now you have an older coach. You have a coach. Uh, that wasn't really known for X's and O's. Now you have a coach that is known for X's and O's. Like, that's the thing. You got a coach that doesn't show discipline to a guy who demands respect. I mean, Passner tried to demand it. That's what all those suspicions were about. It never worked. (laughs) Tubby has always worked. His system has always worked at getting respect. It, It has. And because of the sheer fact of what he's done, he's coming in there with a list of accomplishments. And it's like, yo, this guy knows what he's doing. And so if you flip those two, I agree with you, Drew. Like those, some of those games Memphis lost to East Carolina specifically, that one immediately comes to mind. The South Florida game, correct, at South Florida. Like Tulane. Those types of games right there. I don't think Coach Smith loses because he is a better coach. When it when you get down to to you know crunch time and when things aren't going well, also you know you you lean heavily on your head coach and on his experience. And I'm you know you hear it all the time from from Michigan State players regarding Tom Izzo. You know, listen, we know we're going to win games no matter what because he's our coach. We put all of our faith in him. We are not afraid to lose. We are afraid to let him down and disappoint him. And I think Coach Smith is that same type of coach where players know, listen, we, we're missing all of our shots. We're committing stupid turnovers, stupid fouls. We are down to a team we have no business being down to. It's two minutes left. We're down seven. I'm going to look over there at the bench and I see Coach Smith and that just brings in it, it, it gives you all types of confidence. You look at Coach Smith, you take a deep breath, and you're confident again. And you know, listen, if I do exactly what he says the last two minutes of this game, we're, we're going to win this. We are. And that that's just the way it is, man. Passner didn't give you that type of confidence in him as a coach. He didn't give the players that type of confidence as a coach as well. And I love that analysis that you just that you use because that's not just with basketball. I mean, that's any sport. I mean, obviously, you played in high school, and so did I. And, I mean, you can probably remember some coaches that you honestly looked over at and didn't really care that much for it. But then you look at the coaches that you knew knew how to win, and you would play harder to not let them down. Interesting. That I mean, you I know up. I had coaches uh, on both sides of the spectrum. I was coached by Jerry Meyer, uh, Don, legendary basketball coach Don Meyer's uh, son. Don Meyer, one of the winningest uh, basketball coaches in NCAA history, one of the most respected basketball coaches in NCAA history as well. Coached up at Lipscomb for a long time and then took his talents elsewhere. Uh, so I was so afraid of Coach Meyer. The first time I played varsity was in like a summer league. Nobody's in the gym. Doesn't really matter, but I'm excited. I'm getting to play varsity as a sophomore. Now, the only reason I was playing was because the football team had practice and all the football players weren't there. But I'm hustling. I'm diving on the floor. I'm running fast breaks and everything like that. I couldn't stop myself from traveling. I was so nervous because I didn't want to make him upset. And he pulled me to the side. And one of the the great things he's told me, we had great conversations, which was really him just berating me as a player. Uh, But one of the things he told me during our conversation, it was like a free throw. He pulled me over to the side. CJ, come here. Let me talk to you. I love your energy. I love your effort. I love your hustle. And then he throws the clipboard down on the ground. But 
dang it, if you travel one more time, I promise you, you'll never put on this uniform again. It was it was the scariest moment in my life. But you know what? Didn't travel anymore after that. Didn't do it anymore. And that that's the that's the type of thing that coaches can do for you, man. They can they can you know get on to you in a way that you know doesn't demean you, doesn't make you feel like less of a person, doesn't make you mad, but you know motivates you and keeps you you know engaged in what's going on. He also told me one time during the game after I got fouled, it was clear they went to the hack of CJ rule. And started fouling me. He also told me as I was walking to the free throw line, CJ, we know you're going to miss the free throw. Just throw it up there and pray for the best. And you know what? I went up there and made both of them. He just had a way of motivating me. And some coaches can do that for you. And I think Tubby Smith is that type of coach. So you had to be almost put down to, yeah, to rise it up. Was, it was crazy. I'll tell you guys some more stories here throughout at, at another point in time. Uh, hang up and listen. It is over. We got to... Vote on who we think is going to win and don't go anywhere though. Dustin Starr and Kevin Cerrito is back joining us to talk some wrestling right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM.